Hello and welcome back to Sprucast, our well at the moment it's weekly, our weekly podcast where we cover all things modelling related, and uh, we sometimes go beyond that as well. Um, so this week we are going to be looking at storing paint. Uh, in particular, um, I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. I've got a very large front room, and I've got half of it. Uh, and I keep all my paints there in, in, in on the wall in racks. And so I don't have any problem with um, storing them. But um, I'm aware there are some places where, you know, they, they're, they're in the garages, they're in the sheds. It gets very, very cold uh, and, and it adversely affects the paints. Uh, we know this to be true. Uh, even I, at this stage, uh, before I use my acrylic paints, I have a little plastic uh, tub that I put hot water in and I leave the, the little sort of Vallejo bottles and what have you to sit in that for a, about 15 minutes before I use them. And um, it makes a difference. You can hear the, you know, as I shake this one now, it you know, it's very thick and there's barely any... You can barely hear anything. But if I put that in warm water, hot water for 15 minutes and then take it out and give it a shake, it, 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 there is a change. Mm -hmm. So um, there's got to be a change if it goes the other way. So um, I don't really know. I, you know, I'm going to confess I know nothing about paint storage. Um, so I'm going to throw this one open. Um, anyone that's got any tips or advice, you, you know, just um, step in and um, tell us uh, what it is. But before we get on to that, we'll quickly go around um, and have a look at what we've been doing this week. And um, I think this time we'll start with Gil. Hello, everyone. Um, hope your week went well. What am I doing this week? Um, I, well, I'm still working on that big old dragon that's behind me. Um, and I finished up a couple of commission pieces, and now I'm working on two more. Um, this is the Baby Yoda from NY3D Creations, so I'm, I've got to get this one prepared. I've been uh, filling the seams, you know. Um, I use um, – what I use to fill the seams are one of three things, but we can discuss that in another, another show about, you know, filling the seams and stuff. But, yeah, I filled the seams in, sanded it down, and um, now I'm just going to hit it with primer and let them sit. There's this one and a uh, and, uh, Mandalorian that I'm doing. So I'll use the, the – I use Badger Steinal Res. I mean, it's smooth enough where I can use it. There's not – nothing's going to show. The base, I'll hit it with an automotive primer uh, filler and then let it sit for a couple of days before because I'm going to get aggressive with this one, you know, like chipping and stuff like that there. So I'll let the – I'll let the – the Steiner wrist sit for a while, uh, let it cure a day or two, so hit it with a dull coat. Then I'll start, you know, I'll add some um, masking fluid for chipping, you know, little places here and there. Hit it with its base coat, pull it off, and then we'll go from there. So that's what I've been doing, um, gentlemen. Nothing really much to, to show, but you can see all the paint in front of me here. Well, you guys can't, but, yeah, there's a bunch of paint in front of me from that's from the dragon. Um, that's that's what I've been doing, Mark. Excellent. That's a nice um, NY3D creations, you say. Um, you've now, if I 
correct me if I'm wrong, but you've already painted one of these, haven't you? I painted two of them. Um, this is oh, the, yeah. yeah this will be the third one. The first one is upstairs. That's my wife's. Uh, I did another one for a commission alongside the one I did for my wife. And then now this one. So this will be the third one of these that I've done. Um, I'll do. I'll use a variety of different paints, acrylics, and oils. He will be done in oils, um, the skin and stuff, because I like the blending of it. But the rest of it will be done in acrylics. So, yeah, this is about the third one I've done of this one. Um, yeah. How do you? Because um, I'm curious. I have a small Yoda figure, very small Yoda figure. Um, this one, in fact, just uh, it's, I'm just showing everyone. It's a, a very, very tiny. Um, yeah, you're still on me. I can't see it. We can't see it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's getting used to uh, working. So this. Um, so it's a very, very tiny um, Yoda figure. So one of the, the things I had problems with was um, deciding how to uh, pick the green for Yoda. So I guess, um, how, how did you, you know, how how did you decide what colour green? Because there's so many different greens out there. Well, I, I, I originally, when I did it, when I do them, I'll go in with a, uh, I've got a variety of different greens here. Um, but the base coat, when I lay the base green down, that's an acrylic. So I'll lay the base green down. And then I'll put a, uh, uh, let's see, I got one in front of me here. Um, just a basic green, you know. Um, I've got like a, a light green or a, you know. Oh, well, no, I, I want a darker green in there. Um, not too dark, but, you know, just as, you know, a regular green is what I'll lay down. Um, the oils, when I come in, because there'll, be there'll be yellow in it, there'll be blue, yeah. there'll be a lighter green. So there's a, a variety of colors I'm laying on top of that darker green. And the darker green, I'm using that because of the shadows. You know, um, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we we could one of these days we should we will discuss it if you want. You know, um, people use black for a shadow. Never use black for a shadow. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Well, black yeah. is not a natural color in, in nature. If you look at something, you look at your shadow when you go outside. It's not. <clears throat> you know, it's it's just a darker shade of whatever your skin tone is. Yeah, and, and, I mean, I'm saying, go ahead. Sorry, I mean, I I learned this. Um, lesson from Gordon um, I painted a P61C which was black uh, that was the colour it called for um, and I think on that particular model I used um, probably about four or five different shades of grey um, very very dark grey and then over the top um, I'm, I'm pretty certain over the top I put a very light spray of um, midnight blue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you look at the – to look at it, it looks black. Um, but occasionally the light will catch it and, and you know, you've got that very, very dark blue tint. Um, yeah, even a black T-shirt. If you have a black T-shirt on, you go outside. You'll see different shades of gray in it. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, black is a nice color. 
I mean, you could use it for various things, but for a shadow, it's not the one you want to use. Um, I've, I've always found that if you use black, once you've put that down, you're completely restricted. There's, you've got nowhere else to go. Um, oh, no, there's various ways. You can go a lot of different ways with, with that. I mean, you could start lightening it up with, uh, with uh, different shades of, of gray. You add a little white to it, you know. You, oh, there's just there's many different things you can do with it, right? That's, but, that's... Yeah, I mean, I'm me personally, and and I know people that do it. I mean, we know a lot of good painters. Um, they'll they'll tell you, they very very seldom do they use black on, on on a face or a skin tone. Very very seldom. I mean, they use it, but it's not it's not like people think. They're like earlier today. And I know we're getting off subject here, so I'll wrap this up real quick. When we were talking earlier, just before we went live, you put a little dark brown or a starship filth or, or a yeah. you blend that in, and then you a little hint of blue, you blend that in. It yes. looks more natural. You want a natural look. You don't want a cartoon. If you're after a cartoon look, then go for the black. If you're after a more natural look, then you blend different colors, greens. There's greens that go in a skin tone, you know. I mean, like that right there. You, it, I mean, the more you work it, the more you'll see what I'm talking about, you know. You, it and when with oils, especially, they're really nice because you can blend them. You yeah, know? I'm just just in case we ever do put this video out um, for people listening. You know, I'm just showing where. Well, Gil was um, on about. We were on about. We I'd done some work to this in here to have some shadow. Um, shading and, a cleavage. Sorry, shading a cleavage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm. I, I get so embarrassed when I've got to put this. <laughs> I did see that. Don't be embarrassed, Mark. Just just say the fact that your wife hates it. No, she looks at it all the time. She, she's, you know, she inspects it and tells me whether she thinks I've gone right or wrong, or what shades to add. Um, I've got no problem there at all. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever it comes to showing it, I, I think people are just going to think I'm some sex crazed. Um, it happens all the time. You know, when I the first um, the first piece I did from NY Three Equations was that Lady Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, and I put it on a bunch of different places. It got a lot of good responses, but I got a couple of people that were calling me a dirty old man. Uh, I, was, I was a sexist uh, pervert, and I'm like, it's a figure. She's fully clothed. Yeah, but the, uh, look at her curves. Well, it's a woman. Women, yeah. have, women have curves. What's wrong with you people? You know. Um, it's not, it wasn't lewd, you know, I mean, anybody has seen it, she's fully clothed, it's just, she's got curves, you know, so, yeah, I, it, it, that's that kind of stuff, I mean, there's, there's some figures out there, and I'm sure you've seen them, and many of us have seen them, if you go on, on some of these sites, especially on eBay, and they got those, uh, Japanese anime ones, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those, <laughs> those, yeah, that's something that I'm not painting, because it's, that's pornography, some of those are pornography, you know? Yeah, yes. In fact, some of them are just straight pornographic. Exactly, that's what it is. I mean, you know, those I'll, I'll shy away from. And if somebody ever asks me to paint one, sure, I'll paint it, but you'll never see you'll never see pictures of it. Yeah, Not me, you won't. You know? 
I mean, I, I, I got that purely, as I was saying earlier, it was a training exercise for me to learn skin tones. Um, and, you know, people can take what they want from it, but that's, that's you know, that's what it was. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, and Gordon. Good evening. What have you been what up to I've this week? Hmm. Modeling-wise, not a lot. Because I've been working on real motorbikes, doing my lad's bike So it's been stripping wheels, stripping frame, repainting and stuff. But tail end of this week, I managed to get my Spitfire in primer. Nice. Got the underside painted and I've just started the... Uh, well, I put the brown coat on last night in the hangout, didn't I? Yeah. That's my base coat for the, the Spit. Now I've got to start lightening some panels and bleaching bits out and stuff but is that the one you were working on yesterday yeah that's cool yeah i've got underneath, I've got all underneath bleached out and nice packed. now i've got to do the same to the brown on top mm -hmm. so yeah uh, yeah that's, oh, that's, that's, a, sorry that's, that's all basically i've done this week because i've been Busy trying to get his bike done while the weather's nice. But you've been getting your practice in with the bike, even with the, the spraying. You know, you've done a marvelous job of the foot pegs you were showing me earlier. Um, and, and that, you know, really, really good job of those. Well, this is it. This, this morning that was covered in rust. Right. And it's been stripped, sanded back down, polished up. Uh, I put an extra primer on it to start with, which is like a rust inhibitor. Then some red oxide. Then built it up with some high build automotive primer. Mm -hmm. Sanded it back. That's ready for painting silver tomorrow. Nice. Is that for a client, Gordon? It's my son's bike. Oh, okay. He's got he's got a six fifty same as me that we use during the summer, but because he can't drive, he uses a little one two five during the winter. And you can imagine. With the weather we get over here, what state it's going to get in during the winter? Uh -huh. Yeah, all the salt that gets chucked on the roads. Well, this is it. What we do, we ride it during the winter, but as soon as we get spring, we start seeing what wants doing to it. We plan it, we strip it down, we repaint it, we do whatever work wants doing on it, tappets, oil filter, anything like that. That all gets done, gets completely repainted, ready for winter. Because then he can get up in the morning, jump on his bike, know it's going to start, and he's not going to let him down, and away he goes. Uh -huh. But uh, it's it's like you were saying about the blacks. Yeah, I've got black in my paint, paint collection, but the only time I use black is on a car or on a motorbike. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I've got a, a U2 TR1, the, the spy plane, and it calls black. Nah. It's going to be umpteen different colours of grey, umpteen colours of dark blue, navy blue, sea blue, you name it. There'll be no black on it at all. Yeah, I like my PC, um, P61. I didn't use any black on that. Well, this this is it. When you started that and you were on about doing the painting and stuff, and I, I took you through doing it silver, then putting yeah. the, um, it was the really... primer on it. And I said to you, Put your black away and go and find out your four darkest colours. Yeah. And it was really um 
it was really a complex uh, paint scheme. For me, it was probably one of the most complex ones I've done because basically, as I understood it, we were replicating the paint procedure that a real P61C would have gone through. Yeah. And you, 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 you look how it's come out. Yeah. It, it, it's worn down to the bare metal in places. You've got the zinc chromate primer showing through in others. You've got freshly repainted panels. You've got really bleached out, buckled, scratched and chipped panels. Yeah. It's, uh... That was the exercise for you. Yeah, and it, it's kind of, it's a beautiful kit. If ever anyone gets a chance, pop on over to uh, Spruce Surgery Waiting Room or uh, Spruce Surgeon. I don't know whether it's on there, actually. Um, and maybe, you know, you'll find it because I was very proud of it at the time and it went up everywhere. So Yeah, it came out nice. Sorry? It came out nice. I remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah. I put it up on uh, Starring Syndicate as yeah. well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got some good, uh, feedback from it as well. Anyway, so we'll move on now to Josh. Go ahead, Mark. You go first. Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, put, put uh, camera on you, Mark, so we can see it. So, um, I was working on the, uh, F35B Lightning, um, but I'm still waiting on some Tamiya um, panel accent liner. So I'll put that aside for the moment. And the last time anyone saw this, it was in a bit of a state. Uh, but I'm painting this uh, uh, lady figure. Now, as I understand it, she's um, got a German hat on. I'm pretty certain it's a German mm. uh, hat of some sort and as i said earlier i've i've basically used this I've, i purposely went through all the models um i could to find one that had a lot of skin area so that i got plenty of practice um painting skin that was the sole reason behind it there were more figures that had more paint more skin area but let's just say um they mm, they weren't really acceptable. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I couldn't really have painted them out and come on the podcast um, <laughs> and explained what I'd been doing. Um, well, basically, Mark, you picked a lady that's dressed in a, like a, a burlesque type outfit, shall we say. Yeah, she's got a corset on um, and some boots and that's pretty much it. Um, anyway, um, I'm I'm very embarrassed talking about it. <laughs> it it's, uh, so yeah, I've been using it to practice. That that's been the main thing. Um, shadow, highlight, um, and skin tones has been the main thing that I wanted to do. I was achieving that very well. I got I got my base skin um, layer down. But then things started to go awry, um, and I've you know I've had a quick chat with Gil uh, before we came on, and he took me through a few steps, and uh, I've realised where I've been going wrong, um, and it, you know these some of these YouTube videos are, are all well and good because they show you they 
they show you how to use oil oil paints but they they you know they clip everything down and sometimes some of the information you get from it is not although it it's not quite right um i don't want to give any names of any uh uh, uh sort of youtube videos but um i watched one on um using oil paints and they put the paint down and then they would dip in the brush in thinners and then cut into um moving the the oils around with the brush just after it'd been dipped in thinners which is what i'd been doing but um it then turns out that i should have really dried a lot of the thinners off the brush before i um came over to start maneuvering the the oils around and i, I was basically just washing everything away that i just put on mm-hmm. um and so you really I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making a bit of a piece here of even trying to explain this. Well, Mark, there's a, like we like we discussed. There's a time and place to use the thinners, but if you're using the the, the very least of what, like what you did on there, you're using a very little, and you're moving it around. The oils will move it around. Now, if you get it to a, you can move it around to a point where you no longer see it when the feathers out. Yeah, you know. So yes, you do want. There are times you need to use the thinners, but what you what you were doing was exactly what you said. You were from watching certain videos. You see them do this, do that. They're you're washing it away. The other thing is you cannot be too aggressive with that brush when you're using yeah oils. You got it's it's a it's a soft stroke so to speak. It's not an aggressive yeah. stroke. You know, it's not like like you're into trying to you know aggressively move it around. You don't have to if you got a good brush, a good soft brush. You move it around, you know, and, and you'll see where you need to take. If you've got a brush with some thinner on there and it's not wet, it's just, you know, it had thinner on there. Thinner's going to last on that brush for a while. You just take a little paper towel and you dry it off a little bit. And that wherever you want to take it off, you use it as an eraser. Just, yeah. Or, and, and that, or you can blend it, you know, into the rest of the skin. But, yeah, to, to aggressively go in there with the with the with the with the thinner, I mean, that, that takes practice, you know, and that's not something a lot of people can do right away, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. I was using too much thinner and, and let's, let's be clear. When I say I was using too much thinner, I'm not saying that I swamped the end of my brush and thinner and then came over and splashed it on. I literally just dipped the tip in, um, of my, uh, uh, paintbrush and then came over but even that was too much um as as gil said i should have dipped dipped uh, the uh paintbrush in and then come out and and got rid of a lot of the excess mm-hmm. um and then gone and very lightly started to um brush her cleavage <laughs> Right, right, right. See, a lot of people don't tell you that. You know, you got you got to pay the Patreon for that. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, and that that's helped a lot. And I shall go on and and do a lot more shadowing later on. Um, but for me, the for this week, that was pretty much all I've done. Um, a lot of video editing on the F thirty five B. I'm caught up with those now. 
Um, but uh, that's it. Um, so we're on to Josh talk this week, which is about um, about how to store paintbrush. So in two minutes, tell us everything you know about paint storage. Josh, go. You got to put it back on. So why don't you put it on me so I'll show everybody what I've been working on. Yeah. I thought we'd done there. it. No, we didn't. Anyway, what do you got there, Josh? Oh, oh sorry. Cool. Yeah. So basically, I, I went through and cleaned this guy up this weekend and throughout the week. I put the yellow on top of that green. I, I guess it'd be like a guard or something. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really know. I like that. But I put in the red dots for the – I call them boils, but they could be something else. I Pustules. Yeah, they're – Acne. The man got bad acne. I just took the red tone from Army Painter and just kind of dipped it in there. And, and then I pulled – a 34 Ford or 32 Ford sedan, the Coke version that came out. I think. Oh yeah, ago. this looks nice. Show them the box. Oh yeah, 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 here. That's what it's supposed to look like. All done. That's nice. Yeah. So that's what I kind of started, and then this weekend I bought the 50 piece set of Army Painter. And that's kind of what brought up the topic for this podcast is I'm, I'm going to start actually investing a little bit of money into paint. So how do you store it so it stays 100% good? Because like I, I've always used this high pigmented stuff. Uh -huh. Well, if you let it sit and I'm in my garage, like, I mean, you just get all Kind yeah, of craft paint, right, Josh? That's craft paint. Yeah. Okay. But this is the army painter stuff is the closest thing to this stuff, but it's artist paint. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of it, it's kind of been better with the army painter stuff. So how do you, how do you keep paints in an area so they don't go like that? Or do I just simply just start storing stuff inside the house? It you know. What well, are you asking the question about it? Yeah, I mean, because okay, no, yeah, I've heard all kinds of stuff like you store it upside down. I've heard it. It's just like you go through the YouTube thing and it just piles up. Which yeah. is well, the, not correct info. Well, the first thing is you're storing it in a garage. So you got different temperatures in that garage. I mean, once that garage door opens, you know, whatever temperature was in there is gone. Um, it's not as, as uh, you know, you got extremes in there, hot, cold, humid, you know, stuff like that there. Second is you don't want you don't want direct sunlight to hit them. So if they're being hit by direct sun, you got to remember that a lot of that 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 stuff that you got, that what you just showed there, the art the artist painter, that that craft paint, that's an acrylic. And there's water in it, you know. That's part of what's in there. So that water is gonna, 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 whatever's, whatever the environment around you is gonna affect that water, that that paint. So, for me, what I do, and I got a lot of paint here. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a, a converted. Uh, it used to be a garage, but it's insulated, heated, and all that stuff. 
because I, I, I paint a lot, I have a dehumidifier sitting off to my right. And this is about the time of year where I'll turn it on, you know, and it runs all the way up until maybe September or October. And it's sucking all the humidity out of the area down here. Um, or the water, I'm sorry, You're sucking all the water out, out of the air. Second, there's not the way I have it set up here. There's two windows off to my my left here, and and the paint is in between them. So the, it's not getting direct sunlight. My paint doesn't get direct sunlight. So I've got painted that I've had for years, five, six, seven years, and they're still good. I don't have that problem. Um, but then again, I, I, um, I don't use a lot of craft paint. I have some, and I used to have a lot of them, but I don't. I don't use a lot of craft paint. Well, even the wicked stuff, you can like over time, you can kind of tell the difference in it. Well, yeah, well, it's paint. I mean, it's going to. <clears throat> I'll give you an example that 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 a forty thirty, you know, the, the, that you mix in with uh, your Createx and stuff. I bought a bottle of that, about that size. The bottle was about the size that you just showed there, and I used it a few times. And then I go to use it uh, a couple of months ago, and it was hard as a rock because it went bad on me. That's going to happen. I mean, you know, with that stuff, because it's a binder, it's going to happen. Um, once you crack the seal on that, and it, you know, it's, it's same thing happens with uh, 2K clears. Once you crack the seal on that, the timer starts running. So, But, yeah, I mean, even the, your Createx paint like that, it's it, – it, I mean, well, yeah. Even even with it having a top, but it's in a garage. Now, what it all depends on the te uh, your temperatures and what the extremes that are happening in that garage. I would say I'm close to you. I like atmosphere wise, like it's really really warm in the summertime. Uh huh. And I get down to like you know below right. below 32 snowing yeah so those and it all depends on the temperature of that garage that, that those paints are going through that extreme you know so you know the best thing i could tell you to do josh is you know get yourself a couple of those you know at walmart or whatever those cheap plastic containers with tops on them and you put them all in there and every time you know when you when you order something they come with those little bags with the uh, the the little beads in there, you know, to suck up moisture. It's all gelatin. If you're going to store paint, save those. Throw those in there with the paint. Help to absorb the moisture. You know, you can get, you can go to Walmart or, or, or for us here in the States, um, any any uh, uh, Home Depot, Menards, places like that, they sell, um, and I've got them all over the basement here. They sell these uh, things for the suck the moisture out of the air. It's a big container, and you just open it and put it in a corner somewhere. Um, I keep oh, them kind of like gun safe stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it it sucks the moisture out of the out of anything around it. So I mean, they, I mean, I I don't know. I I think I pay like eight dollars for one, you know, seven dollars, but it lasts me the whole year. So I'll get three or four of them, and I'll leave. You know, there's one over here on, down at the on the floor. It's sitting on the floor. There's another one by the paint by one of the paint racks. There's another one in the other room by my other paint rack, and then there's one directly underneath me. Uh, because this is where I do most of my painting. So because this this I'm lucky because my garage this place that I'm in now is a converted garage, but it's all it's an apartment. So there's heat coming in here, there's uh, air conditioning, stuff like that. But the way the sun comes up on the east, 
I probably got it for about three hours coming through that window, but it never hits the paint. Never touches the paint. You know, the, the sunlight is never really into the paint. And then, and then it's a controlled environment. Now, Gordon, you, you paint. You know, what, what, what do you do? Biggest problem I found with the paints because, yeah, I've got acrylics. I've got modeling paints, and I also do a lot of automotive stuff. And the biggest two killers that I've found with paint is heat and cold. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's hot, you'll get your thinner or whatever it's thinned out with evaporate quite quickly. Right. If it's cold, it can kill the paint and turn it into jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this is this is a big difference between you and Josh over in the States and what whether we get over here. You get problems with humidity and stuff over there and we don't get that over here. Mm-hmm. Right, but I used to, like everybody at one stage, paint in the old man's garage. Right, but back in the day, then it was all enamel paints. Right, and if I was in there during the winter, I noticed the paints were a little bit thicker, I had to thin them out a little bit more to make them flow easier. Then I progressed to having my own shed. And then when I got married and got my own house, all my paints came in the house. And it's like now, I'm sat at my bench, I've got all my paints there, I've got a, a stack of drawers and stuff. And on the stack of drawers, on the top and underneath, in the drawers, is all my acrylics. Right? The, um, the Vallejo air colours, uh, pans races and all that sort of stuff. Because they're in the drawers because I want them out direct sunlight. Right? So if I want to colour, I go because all my drawers, each drawer's got a colour in it. So I've got one drawer it's full of green, one drawer full of red, one drawer full of yellow. Right? So I'll go to it and pull the colour out that I want because I keep my acrylics where I can out of direct sunlight because it kills them. And it's like Josh had with that pot of paint. Right? I've had that with um, Vallejo paints and stuff. I've had that with You've tried squeezing and you're going, that sounds a bit thick. Give it a bit of a shake. You shake it for a bit longer. And then you try and squeeze it and you get, you really squeeze in the bottle and you, <laughs> you get a little blob come out on them. Then all of a sudden, the end flies off and you yeah, can yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. Right. And then when you pick the lid up, <laughs> you get what I call a snot ball. You go, oh right. Sun's been that one. Just been it. By the one. Yeah, I've got a bunch of Citadel paints that have done that that I brand new and I go to open them up and they're hard as a rock in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's the environment. A lot of it has to do with your environment and how you where, where you're putting them. Um, especially if like like you, Josh, you're in a garage. Um, I, I would get a, a a bin, you know, not a clear one, you know, like a dark blue, you know, one that's colored so the sunlight does. It's like beer, man. If you drink a beer, you don't want it in a clear bottle. You want it in a, in a bottle that's dark because it'll ruin the taste of the beer. You know, the light, light will mess it up. Uh, you got UV light coming in there. You have your environment, you know, the, the, the extremes of the weather, you know, it, it, it all depends, you know, like that craft paint goes bad real quick. The craft paint will go bad quick, you know, because yeah. 
So um, I, I, I tend to think that, um, do we think, right, so first of all, I've got, um, so I've got some zero paints. Um, there's nothing wrong, you know, there's nothing wrong with zero paints at all. I love them. But I've got a particular set that I've got that um, were bought for a kit, and I just haven't built that kit yet. So they've been on the shelf. Um, they've been in the cupboard, you know, somewhere dark. And I can tell you I've lost probably about a third of the paint or whatever goes in to mix that paint is now gone. You, you can see the level has um, depreciated on, on them bottles. They've never been opened, but you can see that it's going down, mm. um, which is, you know, and I'm just wondering, do we think that um, paints would benefit from some kind of uh, little instruction on them, telling people this before they buy them, if it's a long, you know, or, uh, you know, a best before date or something like that. Uh, is that is that a possibility or? I, I, I really don't know um, something like that. I mean, when, when you paint for a living or you paint as a hobby, you tend to realize certain paints will go bad a after a certain amount of time. Um, in the case of uh, an acrylic, like say the uh, this stuff right here, this Pro Acro, well, it's, there's water in it, you know. So the minute you crack that, the minute you crack this open, you're in, you're, you're introducing air into it. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time when, when it'll start. Sometimes it, man, I've known people that look. I've got like I said, I've got um, the the old model air from uh, from Vallejo, and it's still good. Um, they're 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 metallics, not so good. You can see the rust growing on inside of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's because there's water in it. You know, there. You know what? And and I used a little bit, introduced air into it. I haven't used them in a while, and and you can start seeing the rust at the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. Metallic ones. I've got uh, some Tamiya clears that I've used, and those seem to turn to jelly right away. Yes. You know, and, and you can thin them. You drop a little isopropyl alcohol in them to revive them as long as they didn't get too hard, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, you know, six of one and half a dozen of the other, as, as the saying goes. It's going to happen. It's just, you know, if you store them away from sunlight, you try to store them somewhere where the sun isn't hitting them, the light isn't hitting them, uh, even these lights can be, can, can you know, mess your paint up if they're if they're under them too long. You know, it's the UV rays that'll mess with them. And it's um, it's not just paint. Um, there's so um, the Humbrol of one of the worst I find for storage. Um, some of their stuff, uh, their Marscol in particular. Um, <laughs> That goes off rather quickly, um, and I just can't help. I, you know, I've, I've I've just been looking around some of my bottles to see whether any of them have got any sort of uh, storage instruction. You know, keeping a cool, dark place. You know, but something basic like that. You know, once opened, used within a year or something. You know, but they've they've got nothing on. Yeah, um, and. Uh, 
there's nothing at all on them. And I've had a few, you know, it's not, uh, it just comes with the territory, doesn't it? It's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's, there's really not much, you know, they, a producer can, I mean, you got Vallejo, you got Tamia, you have Badger Minotaur, you know, all these people here, your Createx. There's really, you know, they're not in the, in the business of telling you, you know, this is going to go bad in a year or two years or three years. They're in the business of selling you paint. Yeah. You know, so. True. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said true. So their, their business isn't to tell you how to store it and how to save it. Their business is to get you to paint more. These paints right here, um, you, you know, guys, th this paint I bought about four years ago is Vallejo Premium. Beautiful airbrush paint. Beautiful paint. Great paint. You know, so I I went to open one, and I think it was this one. This is a, a fluorescent yellow, and there was a uh, it was brand new. I had never used it. I had forgotten I had these, and I was going through some some of my stuff, and I found them. I'm like, whoa, gee, because when I moved into this room, I put them in a box, and there was no room to put them up on the wall. So I opened it. I pulled a little piece off it, and it, there was a big blob of it on the end of it. Yeah, it's gonna happen because you know, especially there's the, the carrier is water, and it had been sitting in the garage for a while, so you know it's gonna it's gonna start to evaporate. You know, doesn't matter if it's closed; it's still water in there. You so know, what? I'm so sorry. what about that? So what about that myth about storing those on their lid or at a forty-five degree angle? You know what? That it's it, it's gonna evaporate either way. The, I don't the, think that makes any difference. Store it upside down like this here. The reason you're storing it upside down here is so you don't get that blob of paint here. That blob of paint's going to end up back here somewhere. You know, so it's not going to end up on the tip. That's why you store them upside down like that. You know uh, what? That um, makes sense. Sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but uh, put it back on, on, on all of us so we can see you there, Mark. Yeah. Uh, the other night, I was um, so when I, when I'm going to sleep at night, I have these crazy, crazy ideas and plans, and uh, you know, and I thought to myself, why hasn't nobody ever created? Um, so like, I, I started designing one in my head, uh, uh, so like a, a paint rack that every um, every hour it sort of vibrates or something for two minutes or maybe it rotates or something yes it would be expensive maybe you know you could make it as dear or as cheap as you wanted um but essentially it would keep your paints um moving in some respect do you see what i mean Did, does it sound crazy well, it yeah, i mean because i i know what you're saying you know, and it, if somebody came up with something like that, it would it would be nice. It's good to shake the paint every now and then, you know. And and the other thing, Josh, when you were talking about upside down, the paint upside down, you know, like this year, there's another reason for that. If it's going to harden, it's easier to shake it. If it's like this here, it's easier to do that than it is if it's like this here and it hardens up, say, on the bottom, and you go to shake it. Well, all that's on the bottom. At least this way, you can knock the crap out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the other thing is put an agitator in them. Um, I tend to stay away from the metal ones 
I don't care what they say. Oh, there's their, their surgical steel and all that. And there's a certain company that was selling them, you know. Um, yeah, I've got them. <laughs> and you know what? I put them in a couple of paints and they went bad. Okay, so I, I, I had to empty out one of the Wicked bottles. Do you know what's in the Wicked bottles? What, the agitator? Yeah. What's in it? It's a little bitty marble. Yeah, it's glass. I I did not expect that. Yeah, when, when and I there's a reason for it. I mean, like here, look, I've got these. They're glass agitators. And yeah, I'll drop a couple of them in there. Because this yeah, is not going to affect the paint because it's glass. It's not going to affect the paint. You yeah. Know? Um, you put a metal ball. You know, I've seen people put... Go to the hardware store to get those little uh, stainless steel uh, nuts, and they throw them in there. And no, dude, that's the worst thing you want to introduce in that because it's metal. You're throwing it in there with something that's got water or some kind of liquid. Eventually, unless you get the very expensive surgical steel jobbers, you know, there's people that that, that use them, and God bless them. You know, they, they it works for them, but you're going to pay a premium for those little uh, those little agitators. Yeah, there it is, right there. That's what's in the bottom of that. It's a glass. It's a glass bead. I'm actually, I've got thinner and stuff in it. I'm actually trying to. Yeah. And the other thing I've seen is people that just drop in these stainless steel balls or whatever, um, wherever they get them from. And over time, they, they come into contact with a magnet or something <laughs> and they become magnetized. Yeah. Only a very small amount. It doesn't take a lot. And then when your paint starts running out, you end up with a clump. Yep. Around the ball. Yeah. Well, here's the other years ago, Mark, um, when we were doing the Styrene Syndicate show a couple of years back, I knew a guy that was used, uh, a couple of people that were using BBs, you know, just, you know, from a BB gun, a pellet gun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Using those as, as agitators. Well, a few months later, the guy says, Oh, man, my paint's all messed up. It's rusted out. And I'm like, Well, because you're using lead in there, man. A lead BB, you know. BBs are not. Uh, uh, surgical steel. So you're, you're dropping a BB in there and then you're wondering why your, your paint's going bad. It's like dropping a rusty uh, 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 screw or a rusty nut in there. I mean, eventually it's going to rust. You know, so, you know, the, the best way you can find these on Amazon. They're steel, they're little steel. Uh, they use them to cook. They're cooking. You know, they throw them in with, with like rice and stuff, you know, so it doesn't clump together, you know. I don't know how they get them out, you know, but I, I've never cooked with them. But they're they're uh, food grade, and they're little uh, uh, glass balls, and these are what I put inside all of these. And where do you get that? Where did you say you get them from? You just go. On, you can get them on Amazon. You just look up look up little glass beads. Uh, uh, food grade glass bead. Yeah, they're glass. They're glass beads. Yeah. You know, you can get them in all various different sizes. Um, I can't remember what size these are. I bought a big old bag of them. Um, and so did a bunch of the guys when, when I told them, look, this stuff works great. And there, I, I drop them in. If I, if I get a brand new uh, a thing of paint, I'll drop them in there, close it, shake it up real good. Now I got something to agitate that paint, you know, yeah. move it around. Yale's shopping channel is um, famous. But no, it's, it's, good. it's good. I mean, like, like Josh was showing us, you have, you have a, a world-class company. They got paint, and they're dropping a glass BB in there. When you when you buy a rattle can and you got paint in that rattle can, that's not a metal ball in that rattle can. That's a glass bead in there. 
I think that's a full-size marble. Yeah, it's, a, it's a glass marble inside there, and there's a reason for it being they don't put metal in them. You know, they put a glass BB in them, you know? Yeah, it's crazy when you – and that's the worst part is there's so many, like, good facts, and then there's, like, the internet. Yeah. You know, it's just random stuff. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, agitate your paint. I mean, shake it. If, you, if you're not doing anything, you're sitting down, grab some of your paint and just shake it around. It's good to shake them every now and then so they don't settle, you know, because you got to remember there's pigment in there. It's going to settle. So you want to shake them up, you know. I mean, we've all gone to a paint, grab the paint where the paint was stuck at the bottom, you know. That's the, all your pigment. All the heavier pigments are going to the bottom, and all the lighter fluid is going to the top. So you want to yeah. agitate them every now and then. So what, what, what I tend to do, because um, the thing is, you've got to remember that not everything you see on YouTube is true. Um, so when I shake up something that's been sat around for a while, um, I'm just trying to see if I've got something here. Um, I haven't really. Uh, let me see. Is that one? No, so I haven't got anything. But basically, I um, I'll, I'll shake it. And then I look at the bottom, and if you watch, you can see the bubbles will come up to the top as you shake it, and you'll see the areas where it's been caked on. You'll see them drop away. And once I've got sort of 100%, you know, all of the bottom is moving about, you can see that it's, you can see that it's moving about underneath there. Yeah. You, you're pretty safe. You, you know that you've mixed everything up. Well, yeah. Um, the other good thing about, like, say that bottle there, <laughs> is you get yourself a, a paint stirrer. You know, this one here is a Badger paint stirrer. You know, it's got the metal yeah. sticking in there. It, it'll break up everything at the bottom. Or you get this little thing. This is a little cocktail stirrer. Look at that. Yeah, I've got one of those. You stick All that right. in the bottle. It's it's plastic. It's not going to hurt anything. You stick it inside there and just do that. And it, look, look how wide that thing goes. I, I tend I tend not to like to, um, especially now, especially with Vallejo, um, with their metal colours. I don't really like opening this lid up too much. You know, opening it up, put one of those in, stirring it around, because my first set I bought of these, I bought a set of about six, and I used to do that. And after a while, what was happening was paint was setting to the side inside walls of this um bottle and then as you started agitating it if you shook it up or you put your stirrer in and stirred it up it would break away from the wall and then it would drop into the and after about a year and a half i ended up with um it was blocking up my airbrush. It was blocking up the, the, the hole in here because all the little bits that had dried off in the top of the, the bottle had fallen into the paint and it was now being mixed up and it was more of a gritty. Yeah, but that's got nothing um, to do with you agitating it. That's just the nature of the paint. Paint will do I, it. I, I think it was because what I was doing at the time was I was taking the lid off just as a demonstration, and I was sitting it like that, and I was dipping my paint in and, and doing whatever I was doing, 
and then when I'd finish, I'd, I'd sort of do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're introducing a lot of air into it. That's and yeah, and I think there was too much air. It was drying off on the insides. It ruined the whole set of these. Um, and uh, I vowed to be a lot more careful in the future. Having said that, I've just demonstrated it by opening the lid. Uh, Gordon, you, I mean, again, you, you, you've painted other things, automotives like I have. I mean, you, you, you have to stir it, you know. Yeah. You have to agitate it, you know. Yeah, well, listen, I've back in, well, going back a few years now, when I used to do a lot of uh, motorbike paint murals and stuff, right, I never had any problem with paint going off because you were using it so fast. Right, right. Because you had your stock standard colours, right? You had your, your, your gold base, your silver base, your candy coats and stuff, right? You, you'd probably be buying a, a tin of that a month at one stage. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh, you've got some of the other colours that you, you'll, you'll use now and again. Like, I've had cellulose paint actually turn into jelly. Yep. In the tin. Uh-huh. And these... These aren't like the, your, your, your little Humbrol tins. These are like your, your big professional, yeah. where you go and buy, well, a quart, a litre or whatever, right? Where you take it off, you pour out what you want, you wipe the lid down, make sure you've got all the paint off and seal it properly. And I've had cellulose paint go off in six months. Mm -hmm. And stuff. It's like, I've got here, I must have, what, probably the same as yourself, Gil. I've got loads of paint, right? But I don't think there's one pot of paint I've got on that paint rack or in my drawers that I've had for more than six months. Mm -hmm. And so because it's, yeah, I'll use that. Oh, I'm out of that. I'll go and get another one. Mm -hmm. Right? But it's it's like with stirrers. I, um, I've got a, a badger. Right. As right. well. I've also got one of the other ones that you got as well. The, uh, the little cocktail stirrer there, yeah. Yeah, I've got one of them as well. Because I bought the Tamiya one, the, Tamiya, the Badger one. And when I bought mine, I got two different interchangeable ends. Uh -huh. Right, I had the paddle wheel on the end, which looks like a flower. Right. I had one, I had one that looked like an egg beater. Uh -huh. Yeah, I do too. Yep, I got that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, the biggest problem I found with the egg beater one, it puts hair and makes your paint bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It reduces too much air into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, you, you, it's not too bad if you're using a, a cellulose or a lacquer-based product because the the bubbles come to the surface quick. But when you, you, you've got a pot of Tamiya or a pot of Mr. Color or whatever or an acrylic, and you stick at it, no paint bubbles in there for some yeah. time. Yeah. You foam it up is what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it foams up, but yeah. I've had problems with all sorts of paint. It's like, I've got some primers on there that uh, other people have had the same sort of problem, right? You buy a brand new bottle, I'll get one down, right? I ain't gonna go showing no label. Right. Mention no names, right? But I've got a a well known primer and micro filler. Uh -huh. Right? Brand new bottle. Right? And sort of the side of it is exactly the same bottle that's been opened. Right? And I've
primed two kits with it and it worked perfect but i fetched it out the other day and primed something and it's still not gone off it's still tacky to the you touch it you pick it up and it feels dry yeah but if your fingers are there for more than a few seconds you'll leave a fingerprint in it yeah yeah, I know, I know exactly what brand you're talking about when you said that. Yes, yeah. 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 but this is it. I've got I've got two bottles. I've got the grey and I've got the black, right? And they're not exactly cheap. What what what's that? Eight quid. Yeah. Right. So they're not cheap, and use them two or three times, and then it's. I don't know what it is. Whether it's something in the the consistency of the paint, something to do with the chemicals that's in them, or it's the fact that as soon as you open the top, the air gets to it and it starts to gas off or whatever. But you buy a bottle of that, use it three times, and you just might as well bin it because yeah. it just goes as tacky as hell. Well, see, that's you know what, Garden. That's why um, if I'm going to use a primer filler, I've gone to a rattle can. An automotive primer filter. Oh, yeah, under job. There you go. I, that's what you know. Yeah. If I'm going to use a primer filler. That's what I'm going to use. Seventy uh, percent of what I do is with that Badger Steinerwurst, but I use so much of it that, it, like this little bottle here. Once this little bottle, I pour it in a bottle like this here, because I get the I, I have the bigger bottles. Once this bottle has emptied, I'll wash it out. Yeah. I don't want all that residual because it, it'll go bad too. You know, you'll end up with, with stuff on the sides and everything. That, you know, it'll start to, to grow film under, and I'll wash this bottle out because I don't want that in my airbrush. Um, yeah. Same thing like in your tip there, like that tip right there. Before I do anything and pour it, I'll wipe that tip off because I don't want that goop in my airbrush. You know, um, it's going to happen. There's just ways you get around it. You know, this is it. Nine times out of 10. Right, and uh, Mark will vouch for when we've been in the hangouts and stuff. I'll be here one minute, and you hear me shaking a can outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so I'll use same as you said, rattle can, or sometimes I'll decant it off. Right, I very rarely use the um, the modern fillers and primers and stuff, but because I heard this was the new super duper product that solves all your problems and stuff i thought i'll oh, try some yeah I won't be buying anymore right yeah. and it's like when i did the that command module okay right that is nice that's nice yeah i love the shine on that you got a good yeah that looks really good yeah. right that is all first paint that touched that was uh high build primer filler after a rattle can mm-hmm you can't beat it. It's it's great stuff, and it lasts yeah. for a long time. I I use a rattle cam for everything now. Yeah. Um, not, well, not finishing, but in terms of priming, I use a rattle cam for everything. The only thing um, I have found, uh, firstly, I should mention, I pay a pound for a rattle cam. I don't buy. I don't go to Halfords and pay eight quid or ten quid for theirs. I go and buy the cheap stuff out of the pound shop. Oh, you don't it, want to know what I pay for mine. <laughs> it's one pound, and I get, um, I, I, you know, one seventy second models. I could probably get a few out of it, yeah. but one thirty second, I probably get 
um, maybe a whole kit, maybe two whole kits out of one can. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, you know, it's brilliant stuff as long as you use it properly. Exactly. Some if people you, try to, you, you don't want to flood the thing when you no. do it. You want to, you want to, coats of it, you know? Yeah. And I think we should probably cover this one week because if you just go in and just, oh, and, you know, and, and just. You're going to have a mess. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be dreadful. Yeah. It's oh. not going to work. And, you know, some some of these people are the people that are saying, oh, it's dreadful. It won't work. It looks hideous. It's because they're not using it right. Exactly. Uh, you know, that, that, that's the long and short of it. Um, it's like Mark was on about, right? Yeah, Alfred's Grey Primer, uh, £8.99 for 500ml. Yeah. I go to a lot of bike shows during the year. This year, I haven't been able to, for obvious reasons. Right? And that's what I go for, U-Pol Power Cab. Right? And you can pick them up on eBay uh, and at the trade shows for around about 2 £2.99 up to about five quid for 500 mil, so you get the same amount of paint. Yeah. Yupal's a good brand. Right. If if I'm using, what's it, for anything now, there's only two that I'll use. One is Yupal, right, and the other one is Tetrasil. Right. They are the only two primers I'll use. If I can't get one, I can get the other. But... If you are on a budget like I am and you can't afford even two ninety nine, and I know this sounds silly, but for some people even two ninety nine is a lot. And I'm I'm one of those people. So I get mine for a pound. Yeah, there's, um, there's places here, Mark, the same thing. You can get a good uh, primer filler for about four dollars a can. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. Um the stuff that I use and, and because you know, it's 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 a little bit more expensive, twenty dollars a bottle, a can. But I, I, you know, there's a reason why I do that. You know, it's, it's yeah. A- I mean, you're a business. You, when well, you're not a business, but you're in a far more professional <laughs> element than I am. But you could. But even with like like what I was saying, even with the one you use, if like you said, if you use it correctly. You know, it's it's fine for what you're doing. You know, yeah. Um, it you know, I mean, I, I get really aggressive with with when I chip and I, I if I add oils and I'm using thinners and all that stuff. The paint that I'm using, you know, is is it has to be able to hold up to all that. Like with this little guy here, he's going to be done in lacquers. You know, the the paint I'm going to use for the shell is a lacquer. So I, I want a good base underneath it. Not that Stylo I could use Stylo Res, you know, on it. I, I, the first one I did, the one my wife's got, is Stylo Res underneath it, you know. But with with uh, with a three D figure or say a base, you want to you want it as smooth as possible, you know. And and with this little thing here, I want it eggshell smooth, you know, smoother than an eggshell, just real smooth. So. Yeah. You know, with with Steiner Res, I love it. I mean, it's it's my favorite primer, but it, it works too well because sometimes, you know, if you've got any any imperfections there, it's gonna show it. You know, it, yeah, it does, yeah. 
it will show it. With a primer filler, it will fill any cracks, any any striations, you know, any you know little thing. It'll fill them if you use it correctly. It'll fill them, you know. And um, just just on on that, I just want to mention that when it comes to three D prints, um, I've I've experimented a bit this week, so um, I, I mainly primed this little gal on um, uh, car automotive primer filler uh-huh. and it's come out rather well yep. um but i did find that the one i used on dobby and i still fall back on a lot of the time is mr surfacer 500 this is the 1200 but the 500 um we, we can't see you got it in front of you oh sorry yeah um okay. let me just bring this up because um i want to also mention that this suffers from storage in a in a rather big way. I threw away three bottles of it the other day. Yeah, never, never used them. Brand new, they were hard as a rock. This stuff um, is very—it's um, exceptional to use. I'm just checking, so I haven't checked this one for a while. But um, just give me a second while I look at this one. That one's okay. Um, but because it's primarily um, a lot of the stuff in there is a, um, a sort of a self-leveling thinner uh, is in the mix there, it will go extreme. It will go off for want of a better word. I, I haven't got a better word. It will go off. Yeah. Um, this is 1200. So this should be very thin. Um, it's not too bad because I have added self-leveling thinner to this a while ago. Um, but I know the 500, if left and not used, you'll come to it and you'll find it's almost like, um, there you can see that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like treacle. Yeah, it is. It's like, like honey. It's, yeah. You can make um, – I don't even want to dip my brush in there because it will bugger the brush up. You can make peaks out of the uh, – you know, you can dip your brush in and pull it back out and you'll make little peaks in the solution. If it gets like that, especially with this, and you've got to get it, you know, at the right time, get some um, Mr. Hobby self-leveling thinner and squirt in um, – I can't, I can't give you a definitive answer on how much you put in because I just squirt some in, put the cap back on, give it a shake, and then check it again. You can see I've shook that up then, and it hasn't even come to the top to yeah. cover the inside of the bottle. That, that's how thick that's gone. Even now, uh, you know, you can see I've shook that nothing it's not come up so what you know what you do in that situation is just take that off and i'll demonstrate this just um bear with me while i get the self-leveling thinner yeah i i know when i'm doing my 3d prints i get the big it's like the airbrush, like the automotive big cans. Uh-huh. You know, you get the – I think you can pick them up at like AutoZone here in the States. Um, 
but they're like 20 bucks for the little can. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to end up doing for the Warlord Titan that I did. That's how I'm going to prime him. Yeah. But I just get my posh H and just go to town. So you're buying it in a quart? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So just there we go. I've given that a shot. Shake. You can see that it's yeah. now cleared the top. Well, and, I think it's all starting to settle at the bottom. That, yeah. yeah. And, and now we've got a nice, um, it's probably a little bit thinner than it should be at 500. But you leave that a week or so and it'll start to thicken up again. Um, but it will save you having to throw it out if you've got it in time. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, thought that was worth mentioning. Because um, it can save a little bit. Now, Josh, with that, with that, um, seeing that you started off by showing that that um, the hot the, the craft paint, what are you doing when it globs up like that on the end of it? Are you still leaving that in there, or are you taking it out that big glob out of there? Uh, you know, to be honest, I will not airbrush that stuff. No, that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is dreadful to airbrush. But it, that paint will still work for figure painting. Uh -huh. so I usually keep the paints for that. Um, but most of the time I just end up throwing it away if it was something I was going to airbrush with. Cause it just, it just does not go through an airbrush for nothing. Yeah. What, I mean, were we on a, what, what paint was that? Sorry. I missed that. This stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. We don't have well, that. I mean, it, it can be used in an airbrush you just got to thin the, the, the snot out of it, you know? Well, it, it, you basically got to put it through a strainer. And well, I mean, if you want, to, if you don't want, yeah, if you don't want all the all the all the the boogers on there, yeah, you run it through, and and you know what, um, like my lacquers and stuff. When I use the lacquers um, and urethanes, I always run them through a strainer. Always, you know, I got a little, you know, a bunch of automotive ones, and I'll just pour it in and run it right through a strainer into a into a jar, and then do what I got to do. See now, now because even these, even these with these little bottles here. If you've got some little goobers that are in there, you know, it's going to get in your in your in your airbrush if you don't, you know, if you're not careful. You put it in and you mix it. I don't care how good you mix it, you'll get a little couple of goobers. They get in that airbrush, that's it. You got to, you know. But like I I I it's like a cooking strainer, the really, really fine one for like um powdered sugar. Uh-huh. I have a metal one of those for paint that I use. You know, you know what's good, Josh is you know those uh, those little curry curry cup things. Yeah, you yeah, know, you can, you, yeah. You can get a few of those on the cheap. You know, a couple of dollars for a box of three or four. Yeah, the the refill ones that you yeah. can refill your own cup. Yeah, those I, I've used those too. That's what I use. You know, but they don't make those anymore. So it's like, and I've destroyed the last. I think I just destroyed Oh, they stopped making them? Because I've got a bunch of them. I haven't bought them in a long time. But they, they stopped making those little I, filters? I think they have. I, I, I can't find them. That doesn't mean they're not out there. I just. Gotcha. But, I mean, it's crazy when you when you, you start going down this line. Now, like, eventually, like, I'm just going to. I've got, like, a big bin and stuff in the house that I've been keeping the starter boxes and stuff for. Right. But uh, eventually, I'm gonna get an essential oils case. Uh huh. They're, they're like yeah, with the foam oh, this wide, this deep. But they'll have 
essential oils are basically the same size as the army painter stuff. Yeah. And I'm just going to fill that up. And I'm, I'm thinking about just leaving it in the house. Well, that's like this thing here. That's why I like these Reaper cases. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a little case. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a hard shell. It's black. You know, you can't get no light in them, but it's basically full of paint. Yeah. You know, no, they, that, that's, Realistically, I know what I'm looking for, but yeah. Another thing, if um, I don't know whether we're slightly wandering off, but if if you're having problems with your paint that keeps drying out, you can buy this. Um, Put it back on you, Mark. This is uh, I'm getting uh, dreadful at this. Uh, <laughs> uh, fluid retarder. Oh, yeah. um, this is Galleria. Um, it's very good. You really only need so I, I don't dispense from this bottle because it, it dispenses too much. Even though it's got a you know a little little hole, I tend to put it in not this one because it's labelled wrong, but I put it in one of these. And then when you put your paint in your airbrush, literally, if you're talking about uh, this is the Sotar twenty twenty. So if that was three quarters full, I would put two drops from this of um, uh, uh, fluid retarder in uh, the mix and give it a mix. And yeah. you'll find it makes a massive difference, but the caveat to that is if you use too much of it, your paint will not dry. Nope. Yeah, I, use, uh, I do the same thing. I've got it in a little bottle here. Um, I use the Liquitex, the Flowaid. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, just, it's all the same sort of thing, really, isn't it? Here from Golden, my retarder. This is the Flowaid. Uh, it's the Liquitex, but it's in a little bottle like this here. And yeah, I have the retarder, to, to, so it doesn't dry as fast. Sometimes, sometimes I don't want it to dry that quick, you know. So no. you retarder, and then you got the Flowaid. Now, when I'm whenever I'm airbrushing. There's a drop of this, like if, like would you just, you know, I'll, I'll say I, I got my soter, I'll put my, my whatever I'm thinning agent, I'll put that in first. I'll put in my paint, I mix it, and then I'll put in a drop of this. Just a drop. Yeah. That's what I, the, I found for me works the best is just a drop. Um, if I don't want it to, the, if I want to retard that paint a little bit, so I got more, more time to work with it, then I'll use the retarder. Yeah, and and you can see it work because what you'll find is as you're spraying, um, as as you're spraying the model, uh, whereas normally you'll spray everything and you'll see it as it sort of slowly goes to that mm -hmm. matte finish mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, when it's got flow aid in, you'll see lots of wet patches where it's slowly drying, and it works much better on um, self-leveling products. Yeah. Um, because it gives them maybe, depending on how much of this you use, it gives them up to a minute or so uh, more time to uh, flatten out, to, right. to level out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, use, I got that tip from you, Gil, actually, probably about two years ago. Yeah. I also use a matte varnish, Liquitex matte varnish. I'll put a drop of it. If if I know that paint's going to be glossy, um, I know a lot of like uh, there's a lot of paints, you know, that, that you buy 
and some are glossy. Like say the blue is glossy and the red is not glossy. You know, they're, 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 you know. So once you know what paint you're using, I'll drop a little bit of this. So this is liquid. What I have in here is Liquitex matte varnish. I'll yeah. put I'll put a little drop of that in there. You know, and it'll help. Oh, right. It'll help and, not to shine off. You know. And does that that actually work? So if you've got a gloss product, and then you add a couple of drops of a matte varnish, that will actually. As long as they're both the same type. Yeah, it, yeah it, it'll it'll knock the shine off um, uh, to a certain degree. And then uh, when you're done, you take that matte varnish in your airbrush and just lightly mist it on there. Let that dry. It'll knock that it'll knock that shine right down. Yeah, I, th I think one week we need to cover matte varnish mm -hmm. because um, I know it's an area where sometimes I've had exceptional results, and other times I've used something else, and the results have been a bit meh you know uh not great um and i think there's so many different variables in getting a nice matte finish um because let's face it a, a horrible matte finish is easy to spot a mile away um and it it can look dreadful you know when you've got little patches of shine or semi shine here and there and um, you know, it uh, it doesn't look great. Anyway, um, I'm really surprised. I thought <laughs> um, Josh suggested doing paint storage, and um, I didn't think it would last as long as it has. It's been a good, uh, very interesting talk. Are there any any other questions that we want to get? Uh, we want to ask before we finish. No, I think uh, unless. I mean, this is a subject you can go on for hours with, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I thought this would be a good topic, you know. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, right. yeah. same as Mark said. You could do a whole other podcast on top coats, on lacquers. Oh, yeah. Or shall we say gloss or matte finish. Yeah. Or, or additives to paint, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, so it's, you know, really good topic and uh, food for thought, really. Mm -hmm. um, we can certainly take a lot from this. Um, anyway, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Um, as we've indicated earlier, there will be some um older podcasts going up um so uh ones to where we've had special guests on we're going to put a couple of those out uh we're going to see how they go um and you know and if the reception's good we we may start doing the odd one um live a, a week after the fact so uh basically uh this podcast would go out live uh we're well, not live but we, we we record ahead of time um so this will go out whenever it goes out and then the video version will go out a week later um that's the current thinking at the moment mm -hmm. um anyway so until next time uh it's bye from me Goodbye from me. Have a great have a great week, fellas. Bye everybody. Take care, everyone.